The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of On The List. Today is Friday, August 9th, and I'm your host, Austin Bristow II, joined this evening by Michael Ajato. Michael, how are we doing, man? I'm doing good. If you guys have not joined us here on the list each week, I am joined by a, uh, another writer from our Pitcher List staff. We'll talk baseball, talk about what they've been writing recently, and do a little bit of a mailbag session where we, we answer your questions here on the air. So you can send those questions to us at community at pitcherlist.com or send them directly to myself on Twitter. I am at Bristowski Michael. Where are you, can you be found on Twitter? Um, at Mikey Ajeto PL, uh, and that's, uh, A-J-E-T-O is my last name. Perfect. Yeah. Good stuff. All righty. So let's go ahead and we'll just get on into it then. So Michael, Mikey, why don't you, uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, so let's see, I, I started writing about baseball, um, in I think 2014, 2013, 2014, um, I had a blog called Sounding Off Blog where I wrote about more or less the Mariners. Um, did not um, up until uh, I signed on at Pitcherless, I hadn't um, gotten a ton of exposure. It was honestly, it was mostly just to to get some stuff down on. Um, I would say paper, but I was not writing them. Uh, it was just, you know, to get it down and to become a better writer and sure, get um, portfolio going. Right. Um, and then in the fall, um, Nick put out, you know, he was like, we're looking for writers. Uh, so I just kind of applied. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was a shot in the dark cause I'd applied to things in the past, but, um, signed on to picture list. So yeah, I, I used to just be a blogger that no one really read. Um, Nowadays, I am um, a behavior technician, which um, I do ABA, which is Applied Behavior Analysis. I know this is really jargony, um, but basically I just do a lot of structured programming with uh, kids with developmental disabilities. Uh, usually that means um, autism or um, Down syndrome and then other um I don't know, you'd call it concurrent disorders, uh, like anxiety and, and 
things like that. Um, but yeah, so I'm doing that right now. Um, I was doing that full time before I started school. Um, I'm in school, um, in a clinical mental health counseling program at Antioch university, just finished, finished my, uh, first semester and I'm hyped. Uh, it was hard and the last couple weeks have been stressful. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's basically what I've been doing lately. I don't know if it says that much about me, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, um, I like to do, I consider myself an, a mental health advocate. I, um, have volunteered as, um, <clears throat> uh, both doing like presentations and then holding, um, support groups as a facilitator. Um, so I do a lot of that. Um, I'm Filipino. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how much there is to be said, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically me in a nutshell, I'd I'd say. That's fantastic. Yeah. It sounds like you got a lot of great things going on right now. And that's a master's program, right? That you're working on. Yeah. 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 Just started it. Fantastic. How, how long is it going to be till you're all finished up? Um, so it should be about three years. Um, it's, it's curriculum heavy in the first two years and then the last year's a lot of practicum stuff. Um, I, so I'm a psychology major. I graduated from Western Washington University in Bellingham, and that's where I currently am at because my program's online. Um, but uh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot what I was answering. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's three years. Um, so yeah, um, just been interested in, in all that stuff for for a while now. Uh, so um, awesome. yeah, I was yeah, actually just a. In my undergrad, I was I actually studied psychology as well. So uh, I ended up in uh, human resources n- now. It's uh, similar stuff. Oh yeah, I'm just helping yeah. mostly helping my wife get through her master's program. She's studying to be a physician's assistant now. So nice. we're g- getting her through that, and then after that, who's to say? I'm not sure. Maybe right? I end up back at school. <laughs> Maybe I won't. I'm not sure. We'll, yeah. we'll figure that out down the road. Yeah, for sure. How, how about your fantasy leagues, man? How many do you play in? Uh, what type of leagues do you like playing? What's your favorite? So the past couple of years, I have historically uh, hosted my own league. And I've done that because I generally have hated the traditional stats. Um, so, you know, I would do stuff like instead of like Ks, I'd do K per nine instead of saves. Saves, uh, you know, plus holds and basically just try to be as progressive as possible and so generally my leagues have been rotisserie um and that's um i think for the past two years i've won i've been in four leagues and i've won three of them uh which has netted me hundreds of dollars which has been nice right um but then this year i so i've got a lot more going on than i have in the past um I decided <laughs> it just ha- it happened so fast. Um, I right, I got in a dynasty league last year, um, and so that's you know that's kind of nonstop. Um, yep. <clears throat> then it just kind of slowly happened. I joined a readers league for pitchers pitcher list. I almost said pitchers list, and I, I write. Oh, you for, dare? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I, I joined a readers league. I joined, I guess, what we would call a writers league. And then I joined the a redraft from, yeah, 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 that's better. Um, I joined a redraft from people in my dynasty. And then I joined one um, 
that I've been in the past couple of years. And that's mostly be because I'm the best fantasy person in that league. And it's, it's easy money. I, ho- I hope no one's listening. <laughs> um, but so full disclosure, all of my teams have been awful. <laughs> like, Oh no. Uh, I just don't like, I don't have time for them. Uh, and so I don't check them. I have basically <laughs> given up on all of them except my dynasty. Obviously I put a decent amount of time into that. And then I think starting probably about three weeks ago, um, I, started now it's a little longer than that but i started putting more effort into our staff league um and so nick girly staff league are you in right now um pitcher league one so below okay. so like yeah. the fourth level down yeah fourth um, of six and so nick girly i think that's how you say his last name i should know uh he is that's right pretty comfortably in last place so i don't actually know is it last gets relegated or last two last three crap <laughs> um, so i'm i'm pretty close i think i've got about almost two months left so i have i don't know i believe I like we've each of the leagues have four weeks remaining including this week yeah i forgot about that part um it's gonna be close so i it, i'm just finding out on air that i'm gonna be relegated uh, <laughs> next year i think the plan it's probably just to do uh, a staff league, um, my dynasty, and maybe a readers league. Yeah, um, I have learned my lesson. Yeah. Um, so you know, when I play, I'm pretty good. Um, but yeah, this year has been an awful, awful year in fantasy, and I just well, want. I mean, with going back to school and taking on more leagues than you ever had, I mean, yeah. it's, it sounds understandable. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. Um, I mean, when you put no effort in, it's... And I don't know. Uh, I I just need the readers out there to know that my fantasy advice is... It's okay. It's not it's not as <laughs> terrible as you might, as you might it's think. It's well-researched. Yeah. Uh, you put effort into your yeah. to your writing, just not the actual teams. <laughs> yeah, I, I, put, I probably put too much into my writing. Um, I don't know if that's a thing, but... Um, yeah, so... We could be doing better, but my... I feel good about my dynasty uh, team going forward. And That's good. Uh, as a segue into the, I think the latter part of your question, um, you know, I think the category leagues, I've grown to like them because that's what my dynasty league is. Sure. But I do feel like it is the equivalent of the electoral college. And I hate the electoral college. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, not to get political. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's kind of dumb, but I see it. Um, rotisserie was my previous favorite, but um, if we're talking just like format in general, I, I've really come to love redraft. I just feel like there's um, a lot more implicated. You know, there's a lot more factors to consider. Um, I don't know. I like I traded people. People were freaking out because I traded. Uh, Sixto Sanchez and Mitch Keller for Justin Verlander and people were like ah you gave up two top of the line blue chip pro- you know prospects and I was like well I got I don't know the second or third best prospect in the league or not prospect pitcher, pitcher. yeah right like yeah so uh, I traded him away but uh, uh, I don't know it's there's a lot more to take into account so yeah, I like that a lot of fun I yeah I uh 
I am the commissioner of my own 20-team Dynasty League, and we have a ton of fun over there. We actually got a few uh, pitchless guys over there, Scott Chu and a couple others. So, I love Scott Chu. He's the man. Oh, he's great. All right. So um, I'm going to assume being out of uh, the Seattle area and uh, based on the hat you're wearing that you know folks who are listening can't see, not I would assume you are a Mariners fan. Is that right? I am uh, a Mariners fan. Um I feel like, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it's kind of a cliche at this point, but it is as bad as you think it is. Um, <laughs> it's been crazy because since probably 2011, 12, um, we've just been teased every year with like, this could be the year we could be oh, good. And stuff is and, actually kind of good this year. Yeah. Anyway. And we've been close. I mean, last year we overperformed madly um but we were actually close it doesn't matter that we didn't deserve all the wins we actually could have made the playoffs um so yeah uh it's it's been a ride uh (laughs) i actually have come to since writing at pitcher list specifically um have become more of a fan of baseball than just a mariners fan i used to not care about besides fantasy um I guess people, you know, players around the league. And now it's sure. kind of the opposite because we have been bad for most of my about to be 25 year old life. So, yeah, yeah, I get, I get that. I mean, I only got into baseball when I was about 13, 14 years old. Um, I was born in 95, the year the Braves won the World Series. And you um, remember so- it like it was yesterday. Oh yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, and so for most of the time that I've been a baseball fan, I have known the Braves to be awful. Um, yeah. And now the Braves are really good, and it's so much fun. How does it feel? I, I would. I honestly wouldn't know. It's it's really a lot of fun because I've had <laughs> I've had both worlds where I've had a team that's just terrible. And a, a team that is really good, That's and so it's, it's it's it is more fun uh, from a you know team aspect when you're good, but it's honestly a lot easier as a fantasy baseball player and analyst when your team is bad because you don't <laughs> mind when your pitcher is going up against your team because you're just like they're gonna lose anyway, so. Oh yeah, just a better better draft pick. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's kind of been the mindset for me. I mean. The hope is that, like, I don't know, if you have an opposing pitcher going against your team, it's like, I hope he does well, and then we shall lack their relievers in the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. Hopefully, yeah. Let's let's have uh, let's have Verlander go against the Mariners, pitch seven shutout innings with ten Ks, and then you end up beating the Astros one to zero. I wouldn't be mad about that. Perfect. Done. Great. It day. might be a kind of a boring game, but uh, as a fan, yeah, why not? Yeah, we'll take mm-hmm. it. All right. <laughs> so, um, who would be your favorite player of all time? It's so it's kind of weird. Um, I remember when I was growing up, it was it was Ichiro. Um, my aunt is incredibly Filipino, um, and so she would. She would, I don't know where she would get them, but she would just come to family events with Ichiro shirts. And I was kind of, 
a troublesome kid. So she'd be like, you're going to be a good boy and I'm going to give you this shirt. And I'd be like, of course I'm going to be a good boy. And then I would <laughs> not. Um, but Ichiro was like my favorite. Um, growing up in T-Ball, which must have been probably 2002-ish, which might to our older listeners might be kind of maddening. Um, <laughs> I would go up to the plate and my mom would be like, do, do the thing, do the thing. <laughs> and I would do like the Ichiro arm, like the sleeve tug. Yep. That. Yes. Um, and I'm pretty sure people would laugh. Um, That's amazing. but Ichiro is my favorite. Um, it, you know, uh, he's been as He's been pretty bad for a while now, um, or just like solidly below average. Um, so the shine's kind of a way I'm, I'm biased. Um, my high school favorite, and I have his jersey. Um, I did. I don't know where it went, and I must have given it away, I hope. Um, but I had a Dustin Ackley jersey who was okay. just my absolute favorite player. Uh, just had a, such a strong man crush on him, and that just did not work out um <clears throat> so as weird as it may sound i don't really have an all-time favorite player um if i do it's probably someone like i would say griffey but i've heard he's kind of a jerk and i can't <laughs> shake that um adrian beltre was even though his worst years came as a mariner was was and is um incredibly fun mike cameron if you're familiar center sure. fielder um other than that it's probably more current guys and probably not mariners um i if anyone has followed my work for the past almost a year now wow um clayton kershaw i just love i love analyzing pitchers and so um clayton kershaw has got to be up there uh, I don't know if I can say all time, but Marco Gonzalez is one of my current favorites. Matthew Boyd is is fun to watch. Um, We're all Boyd boys here at Pitcher List. We are all Boyd boys. Um, I I told Alex Fast we should switch to Boyd friends. Um, I don't think he's taken to it because I haven't seen it seen it instilled. So, um, see, I, it's always been Boyd boys and BGs for our boy for our uh, female listeners out there, the boy girls, the BGs. I think I think we're all Boyd friends because <laughs> uh, everyone can do it. It's inclusive. Um, Boyd boys isn't. I I, <laughs> I think that's yeah. No, I'm talking myself into it as we speak. Boyd Boyd friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we'll have to bring it back up with him. We'll we'll, we'll put yeah. it back on the table. I'm gonna talk to him after this. Um, yeah. Perfect. Besides that, probably just anyone from the 2001 Mariners, because that's the only time we've been like really good and should have been better in the playoffs. But we won't talk about that. We won't. We'll not. Alrighty. So um, let's bring it back to Pitchulist here. Now, is there? I know you kind of got a young Pitchulist career here. One of our newer writers. Is right. there a uh, an an article that you've written that you've been particularly proud of up to this point? Um, so I've, I've, I've talked to Nick, um, and at the time he was like, he said, when I dropped my Ollie Perez article, uh, he was like, this is the article that like made me be like, I need to read this guy's articles now. Um, so I am kind of partial to that. Um, I, I, I don't think I would 
I would drop an article if I didn't think it was good. But um, I'm I'm pretty proud of that one because uh, it's kind of like this guy is I think 39 has been a left uh, what's the, it's loogie lefty out guy yeah. lefty one out guy um, he's been a loogie his entire career and. I was kind of saying like, hey, uh, he can kind of pitch to righties and he's doing a lot of fun stuff now uh, where he's becoming, you know, he's still more of, uh, you know, you still want him pitching against lefties, but he can also hack it against righties. And so um, I was pretty proud of that one. Um, It was, I think, the first time where I was able to really... um, I think that's where I kind of found my, my niche as a writer, being able to combine numbers with kind of um i'd say more scouting um looking at different things like mechanics and and um i don't know like pitch location and uh just bringing up graphics and being like yeah he's going in with his fastball and then out with whatever else so um i think it was that was the defining moment where i was like hey i i think this is how i want to start writing from now on and um so after that i i think i would say um, I really liked my Caleb uh, Smith article. Um, that's one of my favorites, and that one was great. And my my Lance Lynn article, which was it was a lot. Um, I haven't actually gotten around to that one yet, but with how Lynn has continued to produce, <laughs> I'm gonna have to give it a give it a look right? here. Um, yeah, I was happy about that because I was like, yeah, he's doing cool stuff that he's never done before, and he continues to do cool stuff. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels good. You know, I, I, I've written about, um, JP Crawford and he's kind of started to, um, plummet, even if I think the changes he made are sustainable. And I've written about Marco who has been not as I anticipated this year. So, um, (laughs) you know, they haven't all been, um, awesome. Like they haven't all been that predictive, but uh, they've they've all been fun to write, so I, I think that would be like my top three. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know that I I whenever you get something out there, I do try to give it a read because I'm a big fan of the way you do stuff. So keep doing Appreciate what you're it. doing. I'll I'll try. <laughs> all righty then. Uh, we talked a little bit about like your work and stuff, but uh, what else do you like to do outside of the baseball realm? You got any other like hobbies, things along those lines? Yeah, when honestly, like. I I spend a lot of time um, thinking about – sometimes my girlfriend will be like – we'll just be like sitting there and uh, she'll be like, what are you thinking about? And <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking about tired glass now right now. <laughs> and <laughs> I spend a lot of time thinking about baseball. Um just about because I'm constantly writing articles. I'm t- constantly thinking about, I don't know, the Mariners and baseball in general. Um, but besides that, you know, um, I uh, I'm really interested, obviously, be- because I'm you know in a program. Uh, I'm really interested in mental health. Um, I live with <laughs> uh, a couple different disorders, and so it's uh, it's a little more personal to me, and I, I think. Uh, if you're surrounded by really anyone, you're probably, um, it should be probably personal to you too. But, uh, I just find, uh, social justice and politics really interesting and, and mental health. So 
those are not all the same things, but uh, I find <laughs> all of them to be uh, fascinating and, and things that I find myself thinking about and talking about a lot, uh, which is probably really annoying to, <laughs> to other people. But uh, besides that, on a more, I guess, just like lightheartedly, um, I really like to hike. Um, for someone who likes to hike as much as I think I do, I don't do it that often. Uh, part of that is because I'm busy. Um, I, I love reading when I can. I'm in the middle of MVP baseball by Travis Sochik and Ben Lindbergh. Um, yeah. Uh, I love eating. That's, that <laughs> honestly, I, I think it's my favorite thing to do. Uh, okay, I, okay. yeah, like I spend all the money that I waste is on food. Um, so yeah, I would consider I myself that. passionate about eating. Um, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> but besides that, uh, I think mostly just like listening to music, uh, hanging out with my friends. I'm. Uh, I don't know what they listen. I don't know. You're from Illinois, right? Yeah. I don't know what they listen to over there, but um, <clears throat> I am biased to kind of the grunge era. So I I love Nirvana. Um, I really like Allison Chains and uh, Kid Cudi, who's not from uh, Washington. But um, yeah, I love listening to music. It it uh, it takes up a lot of my time. Good stuff. I mean, if we're talking uh, just music stuff, I'll, just having Chicago in Illinois definitely helps our uh, right our overall everything. Yeah, we don't have as good of music up here. I mean, we do, but we don't. So yeah, you got Seattle going on. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, that's good stuff all around. So we'll go ahead and we'll get on, go ahead and transition into some of your writing here because that's kind of yeah. we've kind of been dancing around it for a little bit. Let's yeah. get right on into it. And you actually, you've written a couple pieces <laughs> recently about some of my uh, my bravos yeah. that you want to discuss. So the first one uh, you brought up for me here was your piece you did on Luke Jackson just about a month ago, a little over now. Mm-hmm. Um, Entitled "Going Deep," Luke Jackson has not been lucky. True. So, <laughs> just go ahead and give me like a overview. What what did you find out when you took a deeper dive into Luke Jackson? There, basically. So, I remember. I remember. So in my in my league uh, that I'm in, my dynasty league, I think we have about we have two brothers and we have another fan. Uh, uh, know fantasy player and they're all braves fans and i think i remember them complaining about luke jackson and i recalled being like this dude has super dope peripherals why do you feel this way so i i went to look into it because i had a very strong feeling i remember them talking about his bone saves and i had a really strong feeling that uh, he's getting the short end of the stick like i don't think we're being fair to him um, so I, I went in and he had at the time, and he probably still does had the most blown saves in the MLB. Um, he does. I looked it up. He, uh, he's still leading the MLB in blown saves with seven on the year. That's yeah, that could be better. Um, it ain't and great. so I, I was, you know, digging deeper and at a surface level, um, I looked at it today. He's he continues to be incredibly unlucky. He's um, got the 20th highest weighted on base average to expected weighted on base average, which basically means 
he's either been unlucky or he's got a bad defense. And so his weighted on base average is 41 points higher than his expected weighted on, on base average. And so his weighted on base average is 314. And I think the average um, WOBA, WOBA, is 315. So you could say he's been a league average pitcher. And to that, I say that is bullocks. Um, <laughs> by expected WOBA, he's he's at... 273 which is a good it's one of the better relievers um i don't have it in front of me but i i know it's you know it's on the list um and so i went in and um i did find him uh to be pretty unlucky i went in to look uh, to look at some video um and i had gone in thinking more you know this is going to be bad defense i know that they have dansby swanson and ozzy albies and freddie freeman and uh josh donaldson and camargo um yeah but i was like i think that the defense has failed him and when i went in to look at the video and it is super anecdotal he it, uh, it hasn't looked like poor fielding it's just looked like pure bad luck which um i would think can't possibly persists so yeah i want to get your thoughts uh on it sure as a braves fan i uh, this year i haven't gotten to watch as many games as i used to i i am blacked out for mlb.tv which Lame. is a bit unfortunate yeah, right? here in the carolinas but um i whenever i have tuned in and talking to my dad who watches most of the games back up in illinois uh, he hates Luke Jackson. Uh, thinks thinks he's basically the worst pitcher on the planet. Um, so yeah, I mean, fair. I and I, I was looking at him, at him in preparation for our discussion here, and you're very right. Like, there's a, a, all of his underlying stats make it seem like he should be pretty darn good. I mean, for his 3.78 ERA, he's got a 3.08 Sierra. So and he's got he's got a K rate over thirty percent, a walk rate under ten percent. Yes, those are things you like to see. Right. So it's a bit baffling that he has been so poor in the ninth inning. I'm just, and I'm not sure if it's just like been a lot of bad luck or if it's like a mental thing. Yeah. And I'm not sure what exactly it is, but. I think at this point, I'm not sure how many more opportunities he's going to get in the ninth inning. After the Braves made uh, those three acquisitions at the deadline there of bringing in Shane Green, Chris Martin, and Mark Melanson. And he did lose his spot to Green, right? Yes. I be- um, <clears throat> Up to this point, both Chris Martin and Shane Green have gotten an opportunity to save and both blew the save. Okay. We're doing real good <laughs> with closers in Atlanta. I, we're, we're having a great time. You know, and that might be uh, that might be a good thing for the Braves. Um, you know, the ninth inning isn't always the highest leverage situation. So in some ways it's good. In some ways it, it, it's bad. Um, I think I think it's good to, to be adding depth um, in general, but um Shane Green gets a lot of flack for outperforming or at least for this year he's outperformed his peripherals but I think he's a solid um 
I don't know. He's kind of a, a middling closer, but uh, I don't think it's the worst thing ever that Jackson's losing uh, the ninth inning role. I don't think it's necessarily good, but um, yeah, I, I it was honestly in my intro in that article. I was I talked about um, you know Braves fans they've mostly had it good. It hasn't been amazing uh, sure. forever. So from a Mariners fan perspective or perspective it's like yeah i understand it's frustrating especially when you're good but we're like pretty bad <laughs> like <laughs> besides edwin diaz and like tom wilhelmson for a year and like maybe brandon league for a year uh it's been a long time since we've had like pretty competent uh relievers so um yeah i went in and i i <laughs> I was with my client today and he was sleeping. So I was like, well, I'm going to go on baseball savant. Um, and on with runners in scoring position, um, <clears throat> uh, I almost said Shane Jackson. Luke Jackson has an 83 point differential uh, between his batting average and expected batting average. And I, I filtered it to having more than 50 plate appearances with runners in scoring position. And that is 96th percentile in terms of basically unluckiness, however you want to look at it. Sure. Uh, so whether it's defense or whether it's luck, I would argue it doesn't really matter. Um, uh, Luke Jackson is not getting, you know, this is, this is unfair. We need to, <laughs> we need to be nicer to Luke Jackson. So I looked at it that way. And then I also looked at pitches that resulted in runs. Uh, and he had, oh, wow. I thought that was a typo. No, he has a 386 batting average minus expected batting average, which is 86 or 88th percentile. So um, I think no matter how you slice it, he's putting the ball on the ground and just getting madly unlucky and i think i think if he wasn't doing it so much he might be better off but that's not how pitching works um <laughs> so i don't know it's 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 really interesting um in my article i kind of talked about how defense could be a factor and i it's hard to say that they're not um i think you know it's kind of a continuum um but yeah he just like he's doing everything that you want. He's, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's limiting home runs well enough, especially in a, in an era where we have a rabbit ball, he's limiting walks and he's getting a lot of strikeouts. And then he's putting the ball on the ground a lot, like more than almost anyone. Um, and so it was kind of like, I need to do Lucas solid. We're not friends, but, uh, we need to change this perception problem because, um, yeah, even for Braves fans that watch, um, all the time, they, they, I don't know, part, part of it. And I think a couple of them are going to listen to this, but I, I did just want to prove my, my <laughs> dynasty mates, uh, wrong a little bit. So sure. we go. sure. And if we're looking at the, uh, the hotel or, uh, Nick's Holy Trinity of equated luck. Yeah. Um, which is BABIP, left on base percentage, and uh, her run of fly ball rate. Uh, it pretty much backs up what you're saying here. Yeah. I mean, he's got a 362 BABIP, which is about 30 points higher than his career average. 
uh, 77% left on base rate, which is not terrible, but not good. Yeah. And then a 26% home run to fly yeah, ball rate. I thought I saw that, right? And That's wacky. I think I recall, I might have looked at every home run that he's given up. Um, and they all looked pretty deserved. Like, I, I, I'm not sure uh, how many parks they, I should have checked, just expected batting average versus actual. Um, but, you know, uh, I think the only thing that you can knock him for is the home runs. And um, even then, it's like, you know, this is manageable. It's just been sure when he's given up fly balls, which he rarely does, they have been home runs a decent amount of the time. So um, I think he's, you know, if <laughs> if my dynasty um, uh, compadres had not known that I'd written this article, I would have tried uh, to go after him because I think this is an awesome time. People, um, people just don't know that he's good. So I guess it depends on your league format, but uh, he's a really, really good pitcher who's um, getting the short end of the sick. And I think it's really interesting because he's he was DFA'd um, a little over a year ago. Uh, and he went to driveline, of course, and he reshaped his slider. He might have tinkered with some other stuff, but uh, it's really fascinating. If you look in the article, I I threw up some graphics. He's seen an uptick in um, velocity and spin rate, and then he's also uh, switched. Basically, his slider and fastball usage have flip-flopped, and so now he's he's just... I think he throws his slider more than 50% of the time or close to it. Uh, so he's just a beast and he does not get his uh, credit from anyone. So, yeah. Yeah, 53.7% slider usage this year. Crazy. I love That's it. That's awesome. I love to see it. That's great. Well, yeah, I would rec- highly recommend you guys check that article out. Um, and if you're in a holds league, if you're in a league that rewards holds, Luke Jackson yeah. very well could be a guy that could be very valuable down the stretch for you. I Like I said before, I don't think he's getting very many save opportunities the rest of 2019 with uh, Shane Green and Chris Martin probably, uh, if not sharing, then uh, taking up the vast majority of those opportunities. But right. if you're in a saves plus holds league, this is definitely a guy I would check out. Yeah. So the other one, now you actually haven't posted this article quite yet, have you? The Julio Tehran article. I haven't. Uh, so it's kind of a teaser. I might I might be able to get it out. I think it'll probably go out Sunday. So Okay, uh, so yeah. Yeah, we'll get the, we'll probably get this posted on Saturday, so folks might be listening to it as they read it. Yeah. Um so yeah, basically I this actually all originated in again in my dynasty league and my one of our league mates traded he traded someone who was decent enough to give him grief for it for Julio Tehran and we all made fun of him and his <laughs> rationale at the time was he generally has a good ERA and he gets a lot of quality starts so on one hand we we're like yeah that makes sense but then we were also like he's also bad um and it's been maddening honestly i think i remember in high school or actually i think it was my first year of college i remember my buddy had julio tehran and just destroyed me like i think he won that year and i was so mad because the entire year julio tehran had outperformed his peripherals 
now that I've gone and looked at it, I'm not, it's kind of difficult to say. Um, I don't think he's necessarily outperforming them in the situations that he's in. Right. So every year since 2013, every single year, he has outperformed his FIP, his XFIP, his Sierra, and his expected WOBA. And it doesn't make any sense. He's he is an anomaly. It's like wh- wh- how this isn't really possible. And I said so. My, I think one of the guy who acquired him, he was kind of rubbing it in our faces earlier in the week, and I was like, yeah, I think, I think you're crazy, uh, but I'm gonna look <laughs> at it. I I don't think it's possible. Yeah, I I I can't think of a situation where it's possible to outperform both your batted ball data and other peripherals like FIP and Sierra. Um, and he was like, "Well, he's been doing it for six years." So, and I was like, "Fine, I'm gonna write about Julio Tehran. I never thought I'd do this, but I'm gonna do it." And he was, in a way, kind of right. And so, what I found, and it it. To me, I think it's kind of convoluted to analyze, but there's some interaction between his park and his fielders. And so he's had, since he's been in the league, he's had a pretty formidable group of fielders. So in 2013 and 2014, he had Justin Upton, Melvin, or BJ Upton Jr., and Jason Hayward. Mm -hmm. The Uptons... I think Justin Upton has a pretty good reputation as a fielder. You feel free to correct me, but yeah, Justin and BJ were pretty solid, and Hayward is one of the best. And they're yeah, they're 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 um they're they're uh, fielding, you know, uh, analytics or peripherals, whatever. Uh, they weren't great, but Jason Hayward was an elite right fielder. Right. 2015, um, Johnny Gomes, Cameron Maben in center field, and Nick Markakis. And then in 2016 and 17, they had Matt Kemp, who, despite winning, I think, multiple gold gloves, or at least one, is one of the worst outfielders in the past decade. Um, Ender Enciarte and Nick Marquez. And then the past two years has mostly been Acuna Enciarte and Nick Marquez. So it's kind of difficult to uh, to pick it apart because there's such uh, I, I would say diverse uh, group of players but what I found was it it aligns pretty strongly with the so first Turner Turner and Suntrust were they're both I would say pretty neutral but leaning um, pitchers parks okay. And then you have, so you have Jason Hayward for two years, and he's stealing, he's creating a lot of outs. You also have the Uptons, who aren't necessarily doing that, but they're not the worst. 2015, and I think this is why it's it's not a coincidence to me, 2015, the difference in between his expected and his actual WOBA was the lowest it's ever been in his career. It was seven for Tehran. And that's because he had Johnny Gomes, Cameron Maben, 
and Nick Marcakis. You're bringing up the ugly years. I, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> and I think one of the reasons is they had, um, I think they had some other outfielders mixed in to kind of mitigate some of that. But they also had Andrelton Simmons, who has got to be the best shortstop in the past at least 10 years, I would say. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, by... Yeah, I mean, shortstop, for sure. I think by DRS or UZR, if you look at him, he's he's amazing. And so while he's not um, a... A ground ball pitcher, Tehran's a fly ball pitcher. I think that helped him out a lot. Um, and then 2016, 2017, this this caused me a lot of grief in looking at it because I was like, okay, Ender Enciarte is great when he's healthy. He hasn't always been healthy, but Matt Kemp is kind yeah. of the opposite. And actually, I went and looked at in the Sackcast era. Ender and Ciarte is actually the highest rated by outs above average, actually the highest rated outfielder. And that might be a little surprising over people like Kevin Kiermeyer or maybe like even Kevin PR. Um, but Satcast really likes him. And UCR and DRS like him, but they don't love him. And so I found that really interesting. But the, the, the dead last, the very last fielder was Matt Kemp. And so my thought was kind of like, how can he still be outperforming his peripherals when he's got someone in the field who's awful? Um, and part of it is that NCRT sees more chances in center field, but um, there's also other factors. Like um, I believe Simmons was still there for a year. Uh, and they also have a strong, a, I would say, a pretty strong infield now. So um, one player, no matter how bad he is, can make you worse, but he can't make you that much worse. And so that's why I initially was looking at overall statistics for defense, so UZR, DRS, to try and see how good was the Braves' defense. And they're pretty middle of the road um, but I, I think it's kind of a little looking at it a little too grossly and not gross in a way that that's like, that's gross, but just like, <laughs> we need to be a little more specific. And so now this year he hasn't outperformed his Wobat or his, um, expected Wobat as much as he does a lot of the time, but he still is. And part of that is because Acuna has moved to center field, and Acuna is not a good center fielder, um, for what I can tell. If you look at 2019 and 2018, Acuna's outs above average and outfielder jump have gone down, if you look at StatCast, from above average to below average. And I think that's part of that is perhaps small sample size, but I think he's less comfortable in center, and he still makes good plays, which is why people are like, yeah, he's a, he's a dope center fielder. But I think they are not only better when NCR is in center field, but they're better because other people are not. And so when they have Acuna in left and NCR in center, and I guess Marquecas, who's okay, uh, they have one of the better, I would argue, uh, outfield groups in the league. And it's hard not to be when you have NCR in center. Yep. But... Um, I think the kind of too long didn't read Reddit version of this is 
He's mostly had really good fielders. Uh, he's he's always had at least one uh, elite fielder. So whether it's Hayward or Simmons or Enciarte, and there's overlap, he's always had that. And he induces a lot of fly balls. So when you're inducing fly balls to fielders who are good, I'm not looking at you, Matt Kemp or Johnny Gomes, um, <laughs> you're going to do better. And so as impossible as it seems, he's done it for six years. And so at this point, I'm saying he's still young. I think he's 28. I'm saying if if this is our outfield, uh, he's going to continue to do this. He's going to he's, I, – I haven't actually looked yet, but I was actually going to say – Maybe Nick should even uh, readjust his rankings as long as he's a brave because by all means, he should be a 420 ERA pitcher, but he's something more like a 380 or 360 or 370, somewhere in there, high threes. Um, And it's getting to the point where I'm not sure we can deny this. So, um, yeah, it's it's really, really interesting. I, I think it's kind of, a little bit of evidence that, and I say this in my article, that defense is hard to quantify. Um, we shouldn't always, um, especially in like fancy baseball, we shouldn't always just be like, oh, his expected stats are this, so we should expect it to regress because that's not going to happen. Um, so I guess my argument is that he is, by results, something like a 60th percentile pitcher. And in actuality, he's something like a 40th percentile pitcher. So um, basically, his, his park and his defense have um, catapulted him from a below-average pitcher into an above-average pitcher. Um, it's very interesting. Because I'm looking at his numbers here as well now. And something we don't think about a lot, um, you're talking about his FIP. Uh, FIP stands for Fielding Independent Pitching. Right. So it's literally taking the factors that he has control over, strikeouts, walks, and I believe home runs are the main right. uh, factors for FIP. Um, two of those things he's not all that good at. He, he doesn't strike people out too much. He's sitting at about a 21% rate right now, and he walks a few too many people, sitting at about mm-hmm. 11%. Right. However, he does not give up home runs. Yeah, his, uh, it's his, kind of amazing. His home run per nine even this year is below one. Yeah. Um, home run to fly ball rate is below 10. He's, that is he, insane. In this environment with this ball we've got right now. And that's what I was going to say. That's impressive. It's really, really, it's, I, and I don't get it. I, at one point was kind of questioning because StatCast does have its limitations in, in terms of the X stats. Um, one of them and I don't, I guess I would call it a limitation is that they only take into account vertical launch angle and exit velocity, but they don't take horizontal directionality into account. So something I was thinking at the time was like, well, maybe it's just, I don't know, inducing a lot of pulled fly balls or awful, like something. Maybe it's the fault of StatCast. And after pretty passively looking into it, I was like, no, that's not a thing because there's agreement between Andrew Perpetua's X stats. I looked at his older data because it's no longer active. 
uh, it agrees with um, baseball savants expected statistics. And so, um, yeah, I tried, I tried to find, I was like, is, is Tehran just an anomaly? And he is to an extent, but it's because of his park and it's because of his fielders. And I think you just always have to look at things like this at a more granular level because you can, uh Oh, ah, did you lose me for a second? No, I've still got Jeff. I've heard everything. That's so weird because it said I was reconnecting. Um, yeah, I think good. I think you have to look at it at a more um, granular level because I think we miss out on a lot. Um, you know, I think you really really have to to dive pretty deep um, to find out things like this, and um, I think that's where a lot of people miss out on. Um, a lot of things is that they just look at expected stats, which I'm guilty of. I, I have learned a lot since being at pitcher list and, and starting to write, but, um, yeah, if, if I hadn't, if I had just said, okay, his fielders are like middle of the road, they're somewhere between like 13th and 17th and UZR and DRS since 2015. If I would have just looked at that, I would have said, uh, uh, his fielders have no, they have no play in this. Um, but I also looked at some specific plays and, and saw Enciarte and Acuna rob some fly balls. So those are anecdotal, but I, I just think you have to look at it from a lot of different perspectives. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good lesson for me to, to, to write. Um, I sure. learned a lot, uh, writing different articles and it, it taught me a decent amount. I've had multiple people proofread it because I'm like, this can't be it. Right. And they're like, no, I think it is. I'm like, okay, right? Yeah, he's just a really weird case. He's I'm very excited to look into it. Incredibly weird. And, and read your article. Yeah, That's gonna... so, so that'll be up uh, sometime in the next couple days. Fantastic. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'll, and uh, I'll bring up just one more point before we move on. Right. Um, but... Um, Interestingly, the Braves have two big outfield prospects right now uh, that both just were promoted to AAA in Christian Pache and Andrew Waters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too familiar with Waters fielding. Um, I haven't heard many reports on it, so I have to assume it's pretty middle of the road. Yeah. However, Pache is reportedly the best defensive outfielder in professional wow. baseball wow given level is he center field he is oh my goodness they're gonna be so, so good we're gonna be so good so with both waters and pache now at triple a the question becomes um where does pache end up playing is it and what is our outfield configuration going to be in the future so right now we've with the uh, marcakis on the on the DL, yeah. IL, excuse me. We've got um, Acuna and Wright, and Ciarte's healthy and in center, and we've got uh, the rejuvenated Adam Duvall in left. I like Duvall. So, I, he's, he's been fun yeah. since he's come back up. And he's a good fielder <sighs> wow. as well. I guess I want to get ahead of this and say when Pache comes up, Tehran is going to be a 1.8 ERA pitcher because... <laughs> That is insane. I don't know what is he. He's good with a stick too. Yeah, 
He's a contact guy, not much power. Um, okay. Think That's sort fine. of like Michael Bourne. Okay. For a, um, for a bit of a dated yeah. uh, comp there. Yeah, honestly. Michael Bourne reminds me of Sean Figgins just because of time and skill set. And yeah, yeah. Uh, we were, the Mariners were also linked to him. So I have a little bit against him, but um, for no reason. Uh, but yeah, that'll be fun. I, I It'll be interesting because um, I wonder who they move. Um, I can't see Marquecas being around for that much longer. He's, he's, he's especially in fantasy, he's a pretty underrated player, I think. He's not bad, yeah, and he's a good fielder and everything else. I don't imagine he'll be around even next year. Yeah. Um, I have to think that either either um, one of those two is going to be the new left fielder, I assume, because I think they want Acuna in right field uh, for the majority of his career going forward. Yeah. Um, either that or you have... Um, Oh, he doesn't goodness. like center. No, and it sounds like we don't need the center fielder between right? between Inciarte and uh, Pache. I hate all of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to be a Braves fan all of a sudden, right? We had Leonis Martin. I mean, that's a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Let's stop talking about the Braves. We did want to talk a little bit about. Um, the bull predictions we had made at the beginning of the year. Let's yeah. do that for just a little bit here. You got plenty of time, so I'm gonna. I had yours linked here. I'm gonna pull them up and uh, it's, get mine pulled. It's up victory well. lap time. Uh, oh boy! I don't know what the opposite of a victory lap is because I'm gonna have to take. I don't know. Uh, whatever it is, I'm gonna have to take the opposite of that. Um, should I start with one of mine? Yeah, let's just go back and forth. Like, you do one of your good ones, I'll do one of my good ones, and we'll kind of go back and forth here a little bit. Okay. Um, so I guess you could say that this hasn't um, it hasn't completely come true. Uh, but my first was that Cattell Marte would go 25-25. So I hit 25 dingers and swipe 25 bags. And he's currently – and this is – he hit 14 home runs last year in a, in a full season – I've been calling for a breakout from him since, I think, last summer. Um, and uh, he's at 24 home runs right now. He's not stealing bags. Uh, he's at seven stolen bases right now. But especially, you know, with the speed he's got, um, it's a little surprising. But I, I think there's there's a lot more to fielding and there's a lot more to stealing bases than pure speed. And so um, I guess I can't take... A full, I, I can take half a victory lap, right? Oh, absolutely. Just like I'm going to take half yeah. a victory so lap. Yeah, so I'm going to run 200 yeah. meters on this. And <laughs> uh, he's, I, I think I was looking, he's fourth in war in the MLB. So yeah. uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take that because he's already got, he's already accumulated 5.4 war. Um, also, the Mariners suck for trading him. I know we got Mitch Hanniger <laughs> back, but. Uh, he's 25 years old, so that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. For my half victory lap, um, one of mine that I was a big fan of, um, Sean Newcomb and Julio Tehran, hey, he's back, Yeah, will be out of the Braves rotation on August 1st. I was half right. Newcomb was out. Uh, I, between the two of us, we finished one lap. 
there we go. Let's go. All right, that's a good that's a good start for right? <laughs> One that I can definitely take a full lap on here. Uh, I said Edwin Diaz would not be a top ten closer. I'm proud of you. Pop, pop quiz. What's Edwin Diaz's ERA right now? I'm gonna try and be really specific, and I swear to God, I'm not looking. If I'm far away, then it doesn't matter. Four seven eight. 532. Wow. Uh, 532 you know, I, with a 281 Sierra. I have... Wow. Wow. Yeah, so mm-hmm. this might be a Luke Jackson situation, but uh, I also kind of want to blame the ball to some extent. Oh, yeah. Um, I, It sounds like he doesn't have the slider that he did before, and he's a two-pitch pitcher, which sucks. Mariano Rivera is the only play, player to ever really do it. But he also had two fastballs. People don't really talk about that. Um, yeah, man, that's a full victory lap. Yep. I so mean, I'm he's pretty pleased with that really one. not even a top 25 closer, right? Like, No, I don't think so. I, I don't, I'll, to, I I'll guess be looking it, it up towards the end of the year. It depends on how we're... Viewing operationally defining this but in terms of era and saves and blown saves yeah he's not been dope yeah i'll probably end up using like the espn player rater that's typically what i look at uh that's a good idea uh, for fantasy purposes anyway yeah uh and so my next one um i do do one more and then we'll talk about the bad ones okay um i Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna mention both. I'm not gonna talk about both. That's fine. Uh, I need to take my victory laps, man. So I wrote uh, an article about him, um, and honestly, I think he's just been needing a chance since he got traded from the Cubs to the Mariners in 2016. Dan Vogelback has 26 home runs, and I boldly predicted that he would hit 30. People might have thought I was freaking crazy because. Um, he he hit four last year nothing, for yeah. seven games. Yeah, um, so he's on pace to get there. He's been a really good hitter all year. Um, he's kind of tapered off since the former half of the year, but um, I'm pretty comfortable about this. So I don't know. I, I guess it, it was sort of a lazy bold prediction because it wasn't all that bold. But um, I dig it. Yeah, take my victory lap there. Uh, Matthew Boyd has a f- or. I said he would have a 4.5 ERA. He would eclipse that mark. And, uh, 4.5 war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd I say? ERA. Oh, uh, that would be bad. Uh, he's at 3.3, but honestly, the thing I'm I'm most happy about is uh, he looks really good. He looks like one of the more dominant pitchers in the MLB, and I, I wrote an article about him in the offseason, and he's just made some really, really interesting changes. Uh He's another driveline devotee. Uh, he kind of is, uh, ha- had been, uh, kind of less or so recently, but he had been like Patrick Corbin where he was throwing multiple sliders and multiple uh, curveballs, and he reshaped his slider last year, uh, and it just kind of started to pay dividends. So uh, he's someone who I, I will die on a hill arguing about him. Awesome. Why don't you give us like uh, throw out one of your bad ones? We'll talk about two of them total. (sighs) Yeah, uh, I think this is where we totally went way off the rails. Yeah, I think the one I'm most 
<laughs> most sad is not a word. Sad, well, it is, it's two words. Uh, sad is about is Marco Con- Gonzalez, who <laughs> I guess I, I'm very biased to my own articles, but I wrote an article about him for my first Pitcherless article, and basically the premise was Marco's really good. Um, and it basically just looked at he has velocity tapered through the entire year last year, and so it makes sense that he was getting worse. Uh, so it's not really fair to look at his year as a whole. And so I predicted he would have a sub-3 ERA, and then he... I mean, if you look at War, he's still been a good pitcher, but he's just not been the same. He His, his velocity has not come back, um, and in fact, I think it's even still lower from where he ended the year, possibly. Um, but yeah, he's just not the same pitcher, and I think at his best, he is a really good starting pitcher. Uh, and at his worst, he's kind of more Mike Leakish, which is sad to say. But yeah, I, I really, at really his worst, He's him. a jag. He's just a guy. Yeah, he's a Toby, as uh, Nick would call him. He's just your run-of-the-mill yeah. guy. So yeah, missed on that one. So uh, one that I initially had thought I missed on, but then at closer examination, man, I am right on. Uh, Daniel Polka hits more home runs and has a higher slugging percentage than Eloy Jimenez. Uh, This year, in 2019, Daniel Polka's hit 23 home runs with a 559 slug. Eloy has only hit 18 with a 450 slug. Now, let's not mention that Polka's done all of that at AAA. And okay. Eloy oh, has done all of minute. his. Wait a minute. <laughs> the MLB level. I was like, what? I haven't heard anything about Daniel Polka this year. <laughs> you. Daniel Polka has had, had uh, 52 plate appearances at the beginning of the year in which he hit 022. All right. I I don't know about <laughs> with I don't any... know about this. That's uh Yeah, no. No, I missed on this one hard. <laughs> Wow, Red Sox. Okay, yeah. He's, uh, he's doing all right at the uh, at AAA, though. He's going to say, how, how did you get that right? But you kind of... No, no. Okay. I mean, technically, the exact wording of the thing was Daniel Polka hits more home runs and has a higher slugging percentage than Eloy Jimenez. I never specified at the MLB you, level. You didn't so lie. I'll take, I, I, I can't say I'm totally wrong here. Yeah, I can't. I can't say you're wrong either. Uh, I think you're a cheater. But uh, <laughs> I think the next one I'll go with is. Uh, it sucks to pick. I, I think I, just because it wasn't like crazy bold, I would say Corbin Burns as a top forty starter. I actually was just talking to a, a reader about this in the Discord earlier, but. I had Corbin Burns. Um, I traded for him and Travis Shaw in exchange for Josh Donaldson, which does not look good. Um, and it's because of his slider, which is one of the dopest, if not the dopest, sliders in the league. The thing is, his fastball sucks um, really bad. And he was not up that long this year, but he gave up a lot of home runs and he sucked. So, yeah, I, I just going off of um, kind of their stuff and, and everything, I was a lot higher on him than Brandon Woodruff, and that has just not been true. Um, I'm not sure I can stand behind that now because Woodruff's been awesome. Burns has not been awesome. He's been abysmal. So, yeah. 
pop quiz. What is Corbin Burns' okay. home run to fly ball rate in the majors this year? Oh, good God. Um, uh, 34. 39. What? You're really close. 39? How 39%. many How many innings does he have? Like uh, 39? Total innings, uh, 46. That's a lot. That So I don't remember where I read this, but 40 innings is the point in which you can be kind of like confident in Sierra. That's kind of where it quote unquote stabilizes. Uh, that's 40 innings. I mean, obviously he's not going to be that bad. What's the Sierra? Uh, so he has a, in those 46 innings, he put up a nine ERA with a three fifty eight Sierra. That's he gave, he gave up 16 home runs in 46 innings. Three, five, eight. Maybe I need to write a Corbin Burns article. About Is how just grooving them all down the center. Yeah, I don't know what's happening with that. Thirty percent, thirty percent K rate, nine percent walk rate. I mean, he's, if he wasn't he's, injured, he's, then he'd be definitely yeah. something I'd be interested in right now. I own him in my dynasty league. I also I just traded for him. Well, I mentioned that, but I didn't say it was dynasty. Yeah, um, and he's more of a fastball slider guy. But Woodruff doesn't have the most you know diverse repertoire either so i would yeah he's definitely someone i would be targeting um he's shown he can be uh uh uh, serviceable to say the least um reliever he was awesome uh last year so i really hope that he gets another look in the rotation in 2020 because this guy could be an uber sleeper yeah, so that that sucks. I, I I messed up on that. What's uh what's one of yours? Uh the last one I'll mention, um one of mine was that I really liked was all, all three finalists for the National League MVP will be third baseman. Yeah. Um That's a fun one. Misters Yelich and Bellinger kinda of ruined that one for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're gonna be one and two in some <sighs> given order. Who'd have thunk? And like otherwise who, who the only third baseman I think is going to get votes is Rendon. Yeah, uh, he's been awesome. Like I said, he would in the prediction. Chris Bryant has been pretty good. Nolan Arenado has been disappointing somehow for the first time in his career. I didn't know that. So, yeah, he's. Let me let me pull up his stuff real quick. Have you not, it, have you ever bad. seen a picture of him or Alex Fast and been like they look like brothers? Arenado and Fast? Yeah. I can't say I've looked at them side by side. That would be kind of weird because uh I haven't either to to <laughs> to be clear. Uh it would it would be a little weird. But okay, so this I, is something I'm going to do once we're done recording. Right. Uh I yeah. <laughs> I'll put that on the to-do list. Do it. Yeah, so I said he was disappointing and I'm wrong. Okay. Um 306 batting average of 25 home runs so he's not like super home run heavy this year what's so by the, his standards what's a woba oh i don't have it in front of me because i'm on fan graphs oh doesn't matter i don't know but that's good uh, regardless like a 300 batting average 25 dingers you can't unless you you would literally not have to hit any extra base hits but even then i think he'd still be good yeah, yeah. no he's 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 yeah. good uh, let me see. I want. I know what was on here. Uh, three seventy one. Woba. Yeah, that's pretty dope. It's pretty solid. It, it the only thing that I it, it is, um, 
in 2016, 17, and 18, respectively, his Woba was uh, 386, 395, 391. Okay. So, so it's, it's a for touchdown. For Arenado, it's a bit disappointing. Maybe that's what he's, stuck out. He's not going to hit his 40-ish home runs this year. Because since 2015, it's been 42, 41, 37, 38. Yeah. So he's not going to hit near 40 home runs this year unless he goes on a crazy tear, which he could, I guess. Yeah, he's in cores, so you never know. And, and home runs, power in general, just they come in spurts. Correct. So yeah. we'll see. But no, the the top three finalists for the National League MVP will not beat their baseman. Will not. They it really won't. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's move on real quick. We'll go over to our mailbag. Like I said at the top of the show, uh, we want to answer your questions on the air. So feel free to send them to me at community at pitcherless.com or you can tweet them directly to me at Bristowski. We want to grade your trades, offer analysis on any players, or you can just ask questions of my guest of yeah. you know, their, their personal life and whatnot. That's always fun. We didn't get a ton of those this time, yeah. but one that we did get for you, um, Scott Chu, our good buddy Scott that came up a little earlier. Uh, he wanted to know, of all the deep dives you've done, which one surprised you the most during your research? And are there any that stand out that showed you something you didn't expect? Yeah. So I would say Lance Lynn, when I was looking at him, has just been a pain. It, it was just a pain in the butt. It was um, – there was a lot of different things and I had – I never want to put something out and for it to be like just wrong. I don't, uh, and actually in this article, I, I talked about his, um, release point shifting and I think it did, but the reason why his horizontal, uh, release point shifted is because he shifted on the rubber. Um, and so, yeah. Um, and so I, I wanted to make sure with this one and it was really, really thorough that, um, that I didn't get anything wrong. So it was a pretty frustrating piece to, to write. What was the actual question? Uh, <laughs> of the deep dives you've done, which one surprised you the most during your research? Um, anything yeah. stand out to you that you didn't expect? And I think Lance Wynn still, it's like in my head, and this isn't fair to, to Lance, but in my head, him and Mike Leake are the same. Correct. And... I think he deserves a little more than that because he's actually gotten strikeouts uh, a fair amount forever. Um, it was just kind of – it's just imagine writing an article about Mike Leak because we're going to assume that Lance Lynn is Mike Leak in this instant, instance. Uh, imagine that you were like, oh, he is an AL Cy Young contender uh, because of some minor tweaks he made. It's insane. So – yeah, that like at your mental like summary of the of the player that you know right. of either Lance Lynn or Mike Leake, if you say is a Cy Young contender, yeah, something in your brain just goes, um, are you sure you're talking yeah. about the right guy? Right. Uh, so I would I would have to say that uh, for the most part, um, Oliver Perez, like I said, like I went into it with kind of thoughts like. Uh, he's not good. What's happening? Uh, why is he so good? And then I was like, oh, he's, you know, he's done some really cool stuff. So those two. And then um, my latest on Bieber was pretty interesting because um, 
early in the year, people gave him a lot of a lot of uh, I guess criticisms for being good. You know, he's he's got. I would say plus plus command, um, and he can also miss bats. So you'd think, how are you not the best? Um, but he gives up really hard contact, and so since June fifteenth, he has done some really cool stuff. And I don't, I still don't completely understand it, but his slider has just like progressively changed from a pitch that used to have, or I said a slider, his slider has changed. But his curveball used to have a lot of, of depth and used to have a lot of like a hump. Um, whereas now it's turned into more of a it's hard to describe without showing you, but it's not as much of a, a prototypical 12 6 as you would think. And more I, a slurve, yeah, I, I would think more of a slurve. And um, it's still got like the the not as much horizontal movement. Um, it's really got not that much at all, but, um, it's, it's just increases pitching tunnel. And so at, at least that's my theory. And so he's become, um, people will look at his overall numbers, which are really good. Um, I think he's a low threes ERA FIP XFIP Sierra pitcher. But if you look at like, since that point, like you can read my article, if you look at his, his, um, batted ball data if you look at anything he he has made some changes and he's been really good since then because of them and so uh he just cracked nick's top 10 and i'm not convinced that he won't keep climbing a little bit um i think he he doesn't have the fastball to ever be the best but i don't know there's pictures like Grinky that have made it work so um, yeah, Which is like Kluber that have made it work. Right, right, right. Um, and so, yeah, I think he's. Um, I, I just actually got him for Verlander, who I talked about earlier. That's why okay. I traded him in that same dynasty league. Yeah, and at the time, uh, I don't remember when it was, but it was kind of in the midst of some of this going on, uh, and I kind of looked out because I hadn't known that he had actually changed. But um, yeah, I think he's a top ten pitcher. I think was going it Verlander like, for Bieber straight up. No, I actually got Gavin Lux and Seth Beer along with him. It was so you traded Justin Verlander. Yes. So originally, let me let me get this straight. You traded what were those two pitchers? Basically, uh, I traded Sixto Sanchez and Mitch Keller for five ish months of Justin Verlander. For I'm so bad, so it didn't end up mattering. But about four months of Justin Verlander, and then Shane Bieber. Gavin Lux and Seth Beer, and then I flipped Seth Beer in a package, but that's not what matters. I got Gavin Lux and Shane Bieber, so I'm hyped. I would have taken Bieber straight up. Austin is uh, slow clapping quietly, just uh, like golf clap right here. Yeah, well done. That, those are those are good trades. I was hyped about it, man. Uh, especially because I got so much crap in my league for for giving up two people who are you know one's years away and one's not really a top yeah. top end. Uh, pitcher and hasn't done anything. So yeah, I thought it was kind of weird, but well done. Happy about it. I was That's really. Nice. I was yeah. I was I was freaking out at the time. All right. So you got actually got a question on Twitter. Um, one of your buddies wanted us to look into, and I'm gonna butcher this name. Yeah. 
Aristides Aquino, uh, I believe it's pronounced. Yeah, it doesn't have the the accent over the N, so I think it's Aristides Aquino. 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 Okay. Not Aquino. Aquino. So Aquino. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, so bad at this. It's okay. so, this is what this is what Nick and and Fast did on the podcast. They're like, <laughs> I, I don't know, and they're like, oh, he'll tell us. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know who this guy is, uh, he's recently been called up by the Reds. He's an outfielder for them, um, 25 years old. He's kind of been middling through their um, through their minor league system since he was 17. Uh, he's been okay, um, either between okay and bad in their minor leagues and yeah. now he has come up tonight he's playing in his eighth game um for them in and just hit his fifth home run or sorry fourth home run no he, he oh yeah yep you're right he hit a home run tonight yeah yeah um i so when you're looking at young players i think pitchers and hitters it's really important to look at their maxes and last night i don't know if it, i think it was the third hardest hit ball of the year um but he hit a ball 118.3 miles per hour whoa and right and i think i saw the only people to hit it harder are Giancarlo stanton and uh baby vlad jr so he's in pretty good company there but he he doesn't have troubling plate discipline numbers um Obviously, a little change in the majors, especially in the short term, as they have. But in the past couple of years, he's basically been around a seven to eight walk percentage guy and a twenty five percent K percentage guy. So if you pair those, which are especially in this era, I think twenty five percent is is more than passable. Um, yeah, it's fine. below it's below average, but um, I think those are those are good enough. Um, I don't think you can just say, well, he hit the ball really hard once and he has decent enough walk and strikeout percentage numbers. Uh, he has a good enough track record this year in AAA. He's hit um, a 142 weighted run created plus. So um, I I don't know what's going on in my fantasy league right now. Actually, I should be checking. I will do that right after this, but I would be buying um, yeah, I, th- I think he's definitely worth a flyer if you're looking for some outfield help in anything deeper in a 12 team. I'm not sure I would look at him in a 12 teamer, but um, yeah. th- like uh, Mike said there, um, he's in AAA this year and at 78 games in AAA, um, he's hit 28 home runs while batting 299 with a 636 slug. So and he's throwing a couple bases too, which I yeah. Uh, I think he can, I don't know, it looks like he can probably be somewhere around at least 10 bags, which is, is good enough. Sure. Yeah, in, in 155 games, I put him, he he looks like he could be a guy that in 155 games, he might be able to do like a, and of course, I'm doing this based off of very limited sample size here, but right. I would I would project something like a 270 batting average with about uh, 25 to 30 homers. Yeah. And maybe five to ten steals. That's that's not nothing. Dope. And I mean, at is rookie ball, but he's still twenty one bags. So um, there's there's a lot of upside, and sure. I don't think you can ever pass that up, especially when I don't know what's the downside. Not not terrible. He's never downside is they don't play him, I guess, and then yeah. drop him. I mean, and 
double A. He was a 93 uh, WRC plus guy, but that's just around average. So I don't know. Um, I think you need to go get this guy, and I'm going to do that before my my league mates hear this because uh, they are going to be listening. Not a bad call. I, I just want to check real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like Roster Resource has him currently slotted in as the starting right fielder batting fourth. Is that true? Wow, okay. Yeah, so basically, in summary, Aristides Aquino, he's 25, hit a home run today. I think he's a guy who is at least worth a look at this point. As long as the Reds are willing to give him playing time, he seems like a guy that you may as well have in your lineup, at least while he's hitting. Yeah, I I don't know how you can turn it down. Sure. All righty, just real quick here, we're just going to run this one down. This is one of my questions. It's something I think is kind of fun. Um, if you were able to vote, who would you vote for in these award races? We're not going to do anything. We're not really going to do any analysis or anything. Just give me your guy, and we'll go from there. All right? Okay. So in the NL MVP race, who you got? Um, I said Christian Yelich. Uh, I'm a little biased, but yeah. Fair enough. I also went with Yelich. So it's either Yelich or Bellinger at this point, and I think at this point I'm going Yelich. Yeah. How about the National League Cy Young? Um, I said Max Scherzer. I yeah, it's kind of difficult not to. I feel like. Um, I think there is a case to be made for Hyunjin Ryu. Yeah. Um, that's that was one of the guys that I considered, but I at the end of the day, I think I also had to go with Scherzer. So. Okay. Rookie of the year for the National League. Uh, Peter Alonso. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say about that. <laughs> Yeah, there's really not much to say. If you're looking at NL guys, it's I think it's Alonzo. Um, is that's my vote as well. But um, if you wanted to go Fernando Tatis Jr., I wouldn't blame you. Wouldn't be crazy. It would not. And if you wanted to go with Mike Soroka, I hey, I, I would be all for that. I you're don't not... think a Braves fan would uh, would be hey, opposed. I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Uh, so let's just say it in unison for uh, yeah for AL MVP Mike Trout. Mike Trout. That was not unison, but I <laughs> not, not, I honestly think I will die before Mike Trout is not the AL MVP, and I'm tired of us having to have the conversation of like, oh, Yelich might be better than Trout. It's like no, he's been doing this forever. Yeah, I don't know if you if uh, y'all got to read the article that I put out recently. We did a um, first two rounds draft for 2020 drafts, and on your freaking Alex, honeymoon <laughs> during my honeymoon. Does your does your that, wife know this? She she was aware of it. Yes, <laughs> I. <laughs> so yes. During my honeymoon, um, I had a week-long honeymoon right after my wedding, and uh, I was like, I want to get back into pitch list stuff. And so I had this idea to do this draft, and I organized it, put it together, and we did this like slow draft for the first two rounds. It took about 24 hours in total. And then I took every after the honeymoon was over, I took everyone's stuff and posted the article. But I did draft during the honeymoon and she was aware i did tell her i wasn't sure i was going to tell her initially but i was like eh it's fine that is she was not she was not surprised yeah i mean um uh also i haven't i might have tweeted at you or something but congrats you're a married ass man that i am i am super married now (laughs) on a scale of one to ten i am married wow 
that's yeah no that's awesome man there's been a lot of pitchless weddings recently fast yeah. had his wedding about a year ago um and then um oh gosh why am i oh uh, andy andy Patton. andy yeah andy Patton. i knew i knew it was seattle someone recent, friend, very, friend very of uh, of pacific northwest pitcherless andy Patton. exactly yeah. yeah andy Patton. i believe he just got married about um months ago. months ago yeah 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 he was just before me yeah so yeah, a lot of pitchless weddings recently. So keep an eye out for the uh, Ajetto and I don't know who else marriage coming up uh, with pitcherless 5.0. <laughs> yeah. All right, AL Cy Young, who you got? <clears throat> um, you know what? I I want to say Garrett Cole, but I'm gonna go with Lance Lynn. Um, I will allow anyone to fight me on this because they're probably right, but I am biased and. It's Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. Yeah. See, I wanted to say Lance Lynn. And I definitely looked at him, but I, I got to go with Garrett Cole and his silly numbers. He's going to get 300 strikeouts this year. It's He's been absolutely stupid. I'm just going to cite war as uh, as my evidence and just go with that. Yeah. Sure. I, I can't really argue. Right. All right. And then... American League Rookie of the Year is a very interesting one. <sighs> yeah, it's really – I mean, I feel like it's all – well, sometimes it's kind of easier. Um, I – you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna side with um, – <laughs> it hasn't been that much longer. But I'm going to side with my friend uh, Alex Chamberlain and go Mike Talkman. <laughs> Talkman? Hey. Whatever it is. I believe it's Talkman. Okay. I believe you're oh, right. right the first time. Uh, I'm going to go with him because he's, um, he's done it a little longer. Um, yeah, my next choice was Jordan Alvarez, who's done it for like 20 less games. But I am going to write an article um, in the next couple of days about how Alvarez – this has been, uh, <laughs> I think, the only name who has uh, exceeded him in like OPS Plus is – uh, McCovey. So, dang, he's been pretty good. Yeah, he's been, has a 22 year old busted in the league. He's been good, insane. Currently sitting at a 195 WRC plus. And Talkman's like almost 30 years old. So, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna go with uh, Alvarez at this point. Um, Brandon Lau, I think, deserves to be in the discussion. Yeah. Um. He's been pretty solid. I looked at pitchers just to see if there were any decent pitchers. Probably not. Uh, nope. Your options for pitchers are John Means or um, uh, Brandon Workman. Wow. What? Or not Brandon Workman. Oh. Sorry. Not, uh, I was like, good God. No, John Means or the guy from Detroit. Why am I blanking on his name now? Oh. Um, now i got to look it up because it's going to bug me. Detroit. And... I'm pretty sure it's Detroit. I don't. I'm, think I'm so. checking to make sure. Oh, oh, Turnbull. Turnbull, yeah, Spencer okay. Turnbull. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's not. Those that are your cool. options for rook, for AL rookie pitchers. That's pretty bad. My, I, I think one of my bold predictions was that uh, Jonathan Loisiga would win uh, AL Roy, which I knew he wouldn't. That's why it's a bold prediction, but. He has not come close. He's been hurt. So he's been hurt all year. Yeah, I traded for Loisaga in uh, in the off season in my dynasty league. And, uh, <laughs> Good on you. I think I think he's gonna be dope. 
yeah, I got him in a package with uh, Ahmed Rosario. So, not bad. Who's one of my favorite players? Really? So yeah, <laughs> there you go, y'all. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good. Whatever. I like, my, I like uh, Ryan. So my team name for the pitchless staff league and i'm in the in the top tier the legacy league um my team name is troy and ahmed in the morning (laughs) a a play off of uh the troy and ahmed in the morning from community that's good uh i think my team is mikey's team because i never changed it buddy Uh, come on that is so disappointing okay i don't have any good I have like Cattell Marte, but I'm not gonna do like. Hot I don't even own Rosario in this league. Oh, just at least make it okay. Like Mikey's okay. Mashers or Last something. Last year I did Snell's like Teen Spirit, so I think that's pretty good. That's solid. Yeah, that's at least something. Yeah, it's not the worst. All right, before we check off here, real <clears throat> quick, um, give me just your quick thoughts on how you feel about Trevor Bauer in general. In general, uh, just out of nowhere. As a pitcher, this wasn't in the notes. Just throwing throwing them out there. Just, yeah, as a pitcher. Okay, because never mind. Um, <laughs> so actually, as a person, it might be. <laughs> I feel as a pitcher. I feel like I don't think it's as much of a knock that he's a tinkerer as um, as people generally do. But I also think he's been kind of let down this year by. Uh, kind of in the way that Luke Jackson has. Um, I, I don't think it has uh, much to do with him. I think in a neutral, with a neutral ball in a neutral park with neutral defenders, uh, he's one of the best starters in the league. Um, I think the, so by the ball, I mean how um, players are you know, once he's thrown it, how they're hitting it. But also, I think it's affecting him and a lot of other players and and their ability to um, to throw the pitches that they want. So, um, yeah, I, I I feel really good about Bauer. Actually, I have a feeling you're going to be down on him. Did you happen to see what he did today uh, in his game against the Cubs at oh, Wrigley? No. Did he th- did he throw a ball over the fence? <laughs> he did not. I still think that was awesome. I just- no one that's unpre he it's unprecedented i mean like everything else aside people are all talking about like how childish and everything that was and i don't disagree however that was awesome have you ever seen a child throw a ball from the mound over the fence <laughs> i haven't that's not childish no, at all. it was amazing uh today in his afternoon game oh, in gosh. which um aquino hit a, hit that home run oh, um he went seven innings pitched with three hits, one earned run, two walks, and 11 Ks. I, I really – I feel good about uh, him with the, the Reds. I think uh, – Yeah. I don't know if he's as good as he was last year because he was incredible. But I, I would take I, – I think he's closer to that than what he's been over his career and what – his ERA suggests he's been this year. So um, yeah. I, I'm a, as a player, I'm a big Trevor Bauer fan. Same. I, I own him in that staff league. And uh, I would like to publicly apologize to my good friend, uh, Dave Sherman for the treatment that he's getting this week in <laughs> our league. 
<laughs> is it? I, are you are you whooping him? I am just trouncing him, and I I almost feel a little bad. Really? I've because well, I've I d- never... Dave legitimately is one of my best friends, and like you know, if him I in, win this in real life. We have not met in real life quite okay. yet. Um, I believe that's happening sometime <clears throat> within the next year. I think we're getting around to that. Because um, he said he's, he's got family in North Carolina, so he's going to okay. be coming down here sometime soon, he said. But um, he is working on not being relegated. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I get and it. Yeah. If I win, if I win this week, I clinched on relegation. And uh, I'm not far from clinching a playoff spot. So... <laughs> We're wow. on opposite ends of the spectrum. So everyone's fighting for non-relegation. <laughs> yeah, as I mean, I think Fast has already clinched relegation. I'm um, <laughs> in the Legacy League. He is two and fifteen. That's bad. Wow, that's is he playing? Yeah. Good God! Like, is he? <laughs> I'm gonna make Fast fun of him. Fast has had a rough year. Yeah, I, I love the guy, but uh, I'm. I'm gonna DM after this and yeah, yeah. I, I, wow, I don't that's blame that's really you, awful. You gotta bring up the Boyd friends again. <laughs> the Boyd friends. I need to do that too. Yeah, I, I think we need to have a, a full on like picture list, like everyone uh, thing, because uh, the Seattle thing was cool, but we had like five writers there. We need to we need to get everyone everyone together. Nick, if you're listening, you you can fund we- it. <laughs> We yeah we need a we need you to fly everyone to New York City so that we can have an entire staff all one hundred like meeting one hundred plus yeah I mean uh, some people are in New York so if you flew them to Seattle I wouldn't complain but uh, yeah that'd be cool that'd be awesome yeah I am I am toying with the idea of a uh, pitcherless Southeast meetup uh, probably somewhere in the Carolinas. Um, so if you are listening and you're, and you're interested and you're in the like Carolinas, Georgia, Virginia area, um, look out for that. I'll be hopefully working on that and getting some more information on that. I'd like to do it before the end of the 2019 season. Yeah. So we will see about getting that going. Cause when I know, I know we just had one recently, um, in, Seattle. in LA. Oh, that too. Uh, yeah, there was recent or that's coming up. Very soon, uh, one or two. I remember Seattle just happened last week. Yeah, Seattle was very recently. Uh, we've done we've done a few different meetups in New York, as that's where a lot of our writers are out of. Um, but we haven't had one on, in the South yet. And uh, me living in the Carolinas, I, I believe uh, Eric Smith, our um, yeah, our Cubulist head. He is also a North Carolinian. Um, so. I'm gonna see if about getting like a PL list, Peach list, uh, Carolinas meetup. That'd be dope. I think we need to have more. Absolutely. Well, alrighty, man. That's about it for us at this point. Uh, you got anything else you want to say before we sign off? I don't know. I, I it would probably just be like whatever, rattling off statistics <laughs> that I want to push. Uh, so honestly, I I don't need to. I don't need to do it. Um, just. Keep continuing to uh, to listen and to, to read our stuff. We, we pump out some good stuff. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Mike, for coming on. It was a pleasure having you. And uh, I, everyone, read his stuff. He does a lot of great work. It's true. <laughs> <laughs>
and he's humble too. <laughs> <laughs> well, alrighty, y'all. For Michael Ajedo and myself, Austin Bristow, this has been on the list. Peace out. <laughs>